You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name's Ray, so I will be the one talking football with you. Hope that you're all doing fine on this Black Friday, also known as November the 26th. And yes, it's Black Friday everywhere, at least in North America. The Canadians have brought on the tradition of Black Friday in the United States, basically because they're sick of Canadians running over to Buffalo, especially the border cities. I will tell you, though, that uh, it's not as crazy here as it is in the U.S. People aren't being trampled and people aren't uh, being mauled for $30 off of, you know, everything else. But thanks for tuning in. Got a lot I want to talk about today. Uh, Obviously, this breaking news, Tredavious White out uh, for the season, torn ACL. I think it was something that I think we're expecting this news today after he went out last night, uh, especially the way Sean McDermott reacted uh, after the game did reach out to my friends over at hashtag and over at Buffalo fanatic to get their insights on some of the, how the Buffalo bills are going to react to this and also how some of their players and how the bills can, how it's going to affect them and, and how they can live without them. So that's going to be our lead story today. Obviously, that's the big one. Uh, but going forward, we're going to talk a little bit more about that Raiders-Cowboy game yesterday and how just ridiculous the penalties were. We're going to talk about Bill Belichick saying that he hopes that the Patriots' identity is just winning. Kareem Hunt is in for the Browns and what's probably their biggest game of the year. Darren Waller seems to have escaped a serious injury, which is good news. That's another one. And we're going to talk a little bit about J.C. Jackson. That's all coming up today. Thank you to everybody who is watching me live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And I am here Monday through Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm looking at everybody. And my boy hashtag is already in the live stream along with KOG Nightfall, Brandon Edward, and my boy, the Charm City player, Brandon Ace. Hope you guys are good. Hope you guys are well. I'm going to take two seconds here. A little bit more than that. Here from my sponsors over at Newsbreak. And then we'll get going with this show. 
Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket so download the app get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my nfl content for free while also supporting the channel it's a win-win for everybody so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that i've left in the description all right so let's jump right into this trey white news tredavious white for those of you who aren't buffalo fans who call him by his full name uh, I was speaking with Buffalo fans and creators and media today, and so I just saw a lot of Trey, so I've now come to call him Trey. Tredavious White, out for the season, ACL. Uh, had a little bit of contact last night. Left the game. Had to see what was going to happen, and then about four hours ago, Ian Rappaport puts out, of course, the tweet that no Buffalo Bills fan wanted to see that said, Bills, Pro Bowl. He probably also should have put all pro. Cornerback uh, Tredavious White, suffered a torn ACL last night and is out for the season. The MRI confirmed a crushing blow to the Buffalo Bills defense. Now, obviously, I am not what you would consider a Buffalo expert, but I am uh, working currently on a piece for DeanBlundell.com covering it. It should be out as soon as this live stream is over. I will be go finishing it up and trying to get it up on the website. So I reached out to the people who do know, and I reached out to my boy Mario over at hashtag sports that I reached out to my boy Rico over at uh, Buffalo fanatics. And I asked Mario, I said, give me a quote about how this affects the team, how this things. And he sent me something that, that kind of put me back. It, it actually brought the reality of the Tredavious white injury. When he said, quote, losing Trey white on the Buffalo bills defense would be like losing Josh Allen on the offense. Only this is a bigger loss. Now, that's a powerful, powerful statement. Just as big as losing Josh Allen, because when you think about the quarterback position and how important the quarterback position is, damn. I mean, damn. So I looked over and I went over to Rico and I said, what does it mean for the team? And he said, losing Trey White essentially opens up the whole field to opposing quarterbacks. Trey could lock up your number one wide receiver and essentially shut down half of the field. Luckily, we have the best safety tandem in the league and Hyde and, and, and Poyer. And yes, they do have a very good safety tandem. So they should be able to, to pick it up a little bit. And then he said, former seventh round pick, uh, Dane Jackson will have to step up and do his 111th and will be fine. Now, I didn't know fuck all about Dane Jackson, if I'm going to be honest with everybody. Um, I was trying to get Mario on the show. Of course, this news broke late. He's got um, three uh, wound up, sugared up, holiday seasoned kids with him, so he could not get away. But I, he did give me this. He said, Dane Jackson is a seventh rounder from Pitt, played in a heavily man-covered system, very physical, was a captain at Pitt, Tends to bite on double moves because he's such an aggressive corner, but is in a zone scheme, which is why it's taking him longer to adjust. With McDermott and Fraser, both cornerback coaches, he could be something. But the fact remains that the Bills 
are going forward with a seventh round corner and an undrafted free agent, Levi Wallace, unless they want to make a move for a guy on the market. And I haven't had a chance. I've been kind of, I tried to kind of look through the market and what the market was saying and who's out there and who's available. And I'm not 110% sure I can figure out who's really open right now. And the thing is cornerback position reminds me a lot of the wide receiver position in a way that some guys can go and adjust to a new team immediately. And some guys can't. So yeah, this is obviously, it's a devastating blow for Buffalo. And then I'm just going to give you the end of what, what Rico said to me. He said, although there's a, a lot of trust in young Dane Jackson, this could limit how aggressive we'd like to be. Uh, we'd like to be in our coverages and blitz packages. The corner position was something the Bills fans surely thought GM Brandon Bean was going to draft early, but didn't. Uh, some will wonder if passing up on a corner in the early rounds will bite us in the butt. Time will tell. And I actually do remember a tweet coming out last night from Paul at Hashtag Sports. I know it was Paul because it was an oh wait tweet and mario just let it out and said he loved salty paul but basically said i can't remember exactly what the tweet said so i'm sure i'm going to quote it wrong but he said something along the lines of you know thank goodness that we focused on cornerback depth oh wait <laughs> you know? so it's uh it's yeah this is a, a brutal blow right and uh it, it, and if i was a buffalo fan i'd be fucking devastated right now and I would probably compare Tredavious White to J.C. Jackson in importance in a secondary at this moment because, it, and I'm not getting into an argument about who's better. That's not what I'm trying to get at here. But it's your number one corner. And we know that J.C. Jackson is a corner that can take away half the field. And the Patriots have strong safety. So it's it's a very similar situation. And yeah, the, Patri the Patriots were able to survive not having Stephon Gilmore because of J.C. Jackson. However, because of... Or however, when you look at the Travis White situation, the Patriots are in a very similar thing. And the Patriots can be aggressive to the quarterback because they know the secondary is on lockdown. So, and I'm seeing questions here like, is it like losing Gilmore? It's not like losing Gilmore because we had J.C. Jackson. They don't have... I, I, I Their Jackson... Dane Jackson is not going to replace Tredavious White, where J.C. Jackson has done a fabulous job of coming in, and, and he's got, like, what, not six interceptions on the season. Uh, he's got one of the best coverages. He's let up, like, nine yards in the last three games in, in receptions. So, and on three catches or something of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not the same. This is going to be brutal. If we lost J.C. Jackson, I don't think that we'd be saying it's the same devastation as losing Mac Jones, whereas... Obviously, by what Mario and Rico have both said, the defense runs through Tredavious White. And I think that's the big problem. And, yeah, Patrick is, has made a good point here. He said, it's like when it was only Gilmore and if he got hurt. Yeah, if that would be it. Because then you'd be replacing – it'd be like replacing uh, J.C. Jackson right now with Jawan Williams. I think that would be sort of the comparison, right? We know the difference in skill set between the two. So, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, thank you for answering the queue. Oh, no, no problem, man. Thank you for uh, for asking. It, it's uh, it's good. So, yeah, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough day for Buffalo fans. I, I don't, you know, 
Uh, I feel bad. I, I envy them. I hate seeing injuries, as you guys know. Uh, and I'm not trying to make light of the injuries happening around the NFL at this moment, but is playing the Patriots or having an up game, upcoming game against New England becoming a bit of a curse? Because like I started thinking about some of the injuries that have been happening, right? Let's go back to the Jets game. Well, I mean, you can go to week three, no Gronkowski against Tampa Bay, right? And then fast forward to the Jets game. Zach Wilson gets injured during the game. Sam Darnold goes out against the Panthers. No Nick Chubb against the Browns. I think there was thoughts of injuries with the Chargers, but they were okay. The Titans are a mess. No A.J. Brown, no Julio Jones, no Derrick Henry, obviously, this weekend. And then two games before the Buffalo Bills got to play the Patriots, they lose Tredavious White. I'm sure somehow the NFL will figure out how to punish the Patriots for this because that's what they do. No, no, I'm not going to go down that road. But yeah, there there is a bit of a... There is a bit of a, a curse that's going on right now. And this is a good... I saw this on Twitter today by somebody... Uh, but it hurts them even more than anything could imagine because they play base nickel defense. We could always change. They can't. And it's true. The, the Patriots, from everything else they have on the uh, on the field, is a little bit more versatile than Buffalo. Just because that's how we got safeties who play linebackers. We have, you know, it's that's just how Belichick constructs a team. Uh, even though he's a terrible GM, according to some people. But yeah, a, a big loss for Tredavious, a, a big loss losing Tredavious White. And uh, it, it's something that we're going to have to monitor uh, moving forward. And make sure that you keep a lookout on Twitter when I post it out. Uh, hopefully that blog, it was going to go out tomorrow, but now I'll be putting it out today. I'll have the blog coming out about Tredavious White on Uh Fairly, uh, fairly short. Like I said, very pretty soon after uh this this live stream and this this recording of the podcast is done but i want to go back to to yesterday's games and i want to specifically go to the dallas game because i saw this tweet from adam Schefter today and then i'm going to share what i wrote on dean blundell this morning and i really wish that this tweet would have came out before that but adam Schefter tweeted cbs said thursday's raiders cowboys thanksgiving game was the most watched nfl regular season game on any network since 1990 CBS said the game delivered an estimated average viewership of 38.531 million. And I'm going to tell you right now why the NFL has to be pissed about this, because this is an opportunity to showcase your product to the casual fan and try to make them a regular fan. And that's the game that you threw 28 fucking flags. It was disgraceful. The Dallas Cowboys hosted, and this is this is directly what I wrote for DeanBlundell.com this morning. I said, the Dallas Cowboys hosted the Las Vegas Raiders Thursday afternoon, and yet again, the referees made themselves the stars of the show. The Raiders-Cowboys was the first NFL game in 18 years in which both teams had 14-plus penalties for 100-plus yards. 28 penalties for 276 yards. It's literally like the refs were a third team on the field. The only difference was they were there just to disrupt the game. And it's easy to say that players 
if players didn't break the rules, the referees wouldn't have to throw the flag, but that's not the case at all. The inconsistencies of the calls is what's so frustrating to fans. Take the Bill Saint game, the Bill Saints game from Thursday night. Every time a Saints defender made a big play, they were up in one of the Bills players' grills, posturing, talking shit, and I dare say taunting. And the referees didn't flag them. Not once for taunting. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I fucking hate the taunting rule. But where's the consistency? And it, it, to me, it's ironic that hardcore football fans are usually the first ones to like insult baseball. But now that we're knee deep into week 12 of the season, I'm starting to realize that the pace of play in the M or in the MLB is almost better than the NFL football. Football officials don't put on the same theatrics as baseball empires, but they're just as big of a problem. Yes, officials need to call penalties, right? Cornerbacks, uh, Anthony Brown of the Cowboys, he committed four pass interference penalties against the Raiders, and every one of them was obvious and deserved. But not every call they made made sense. The most egregious call came in the fourth quarter, or sorry, the third quarter, when Cowboys rookie linebacker Micah Parsons tapped a falling Raiders quarterback Derek Carr on the helmet like Carr's head made incidental contact with Parsons knee Parsons was pissed and after the game he said what needed to be said he said quote we should be playing football not tag Parsons says transcribed by Tom Gatto of the sporting news I'm not here to support any I'm not here to support anybody and play tag like he's my best friend. I've got a job to do and I see cars outside of the pocket so I'm going to go after the quarterback. At the end of the day, football is an aggressive game and you're going to attack the ball and you're going to play through the ball and you're going to play the defender. At the end of the day, it's going to come down it's going to come to a point in time when are you truly going to let us play? And the Thanksgiving games are traditionally the highest rated regular season games. There's no competition on a holiday in the United States, and it's a chance for the NFL to showcase its product. Now, if regular football fans were getting anxious and annoyed with the calls, imagine what was going through the minds of the casual observer. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, obviously less than thrilled with the game, but in Jerry Jones's you know, poor me rant to the media, uh, Jones made a solid business point. He said, I called it throw-up ball. This will arguably be the most watched game other than the Super Bowl. And I hate that it goes down to just throwing the ball up in the air and getting penalties to get big plays. The NFL dropped the ball on Thursday. They started with the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, competing in a game that meant nothing, and it was about as compelling as the Puppy Bowl. I love this tweet that came out from my boy Dan Kelly, who said, pretty impressive that the Bears and Lions managed to make a Thanksgiving Day NFL game decided with no time left uninteresting. The Cowboys versus the Raiders had a chance to be a really good game, but in between injuries, COVID-19 cases, and the fucking penalties, a game that went to overtime is being talked about for all the wrong reasons. I tweeted this. I said, on Thanksgiving Day, that had a game finished on a last-second field goal and another game that went to overtime, all anybody is talking about is how bad half the teams are and how awful NFL referees are. The NFL dropped the ball on their second biggest showcase of the season. The NFL has a lot to address. They need to figure out how to fix these issues they have with their officials. They need to get rid of the stupid fucking taunting rule. And they need to schedule better teams on a day that's only second to the Super Bowl. It really is. a, It's, it's brutal. 
It's absolutely brutal. Fuck. All right, guys, I'm going to get over to my Patreon comments now. Every day I put out a post that says comments and questions. I give the opportunity for Patreon members to ask me the questions I answer and I answer them or they leave comments or questions. But before I do that, I'm going to give you a quick chance to hear about how you can join the Ray Route Patreon page. When you join the Ray Route Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by subjects that you give me every week. That's right. When you join and become a member of the Patreon page, you'll get five exclusive videos. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the live version of the podcast. But that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all of the Patreon members. You have the opportunity to hang out on the screen with me and other Patreon members, chat about football, life, basically just friends chopping it up. We have visitors like Lawrence from Colts Lock, Connor, Hashtag, that come over and hang out on the Patreon. I also don't believe in making huge money off of people or having different tiers or excluding people. I have one tier. It's $5. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing, and everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our Discord page that's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for my Patreon page by clicking the link I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. All right. So now I'm going to look at uh, the questions. I got four of them today, two from Alex, two from Thomas. Uh, Slow yesterday as well. I assume that heading into this long weekend. Uh, Thomas wrote, do you think that the Bills were so good yesterday or were the Saints so bad? In my opinion, the Saints offense was really bad. Uh, the Bills blew out a weak team. Imagine what the Pats had done to the Saints instead of the Saints from week three. Yeah, so I did actually, if you guys want to, you can head on over to dbloodell.com. I actually wrote about this game uh, last night and it got posted this morning. But yeah, I, I talked about this game and I, I kind of mixed it up. So here's what I said. First of all, Let's start with the positive Buffalo. Stefan Diggs is a fucking elite wide receiver. Like he is so good. I mean, like his feet are so good that, that like Rex Ryan is jerking off to them. They're that good. Dawson Knox has had a hell of a season and I'm going to give Josh Allen some credit. Came back after throwing those two interceptions and look really good in the second half. But when it comes to the saints, I mean, if you're a Buffalo fan, you got to be a little bit weary because we kind of seen this story too, right? It's really simple to watch them smack around the Saints last night and say like, oh man, we're back. But we watched them lose to Jacksonville, blow out the Jets the next week, which was the we're back game. And then they got embarrassed on home field against the Indianapolis Colts. Trevor Simeon, who is not a good quarterback, had, had nobody to throw the ball to. Alvin Kamara was out. Obviously, Michael Thomas wasn't there. He's out for the season. And for some reason, the Saints played a lot of man coverage. And the two games the Bills lost this year, they got blown out in, in, in zone coverage. So it's going to be interesting to watch what Bill Belichick does next week. And I think next week is the real measuring stick game for the Bills. And uh, it's funny, I was texting with with Mario last night, this was just me texting with him. And I said, Hey, is the O line making Josh Allen indecisive? And he said, yeah. And Dable, Dab Dable is playing checkers and not chess. He's one read and out. So basically Josh Allen makes one read and then he's out of the pocket. That's not successful. 
The offensive line has struggles. The run game's fucking pathetic. I think they averaged like 2.3 yards per carry or something last night. Maybe 3.2. But it's not good. It's not a good run game. I mean, Josh Allen's good for their run game, but how, you know. When I look at it, though, like Cole Beasley's been inconsistent this year. He looks like he's more of a headache than a fucking, you know, positive for them this year. But, yeah. So, I, look, the Bills the Bills are still a better team. They're still one of the better teams in the NFL, but I think it was a mixture of the Bills playing well in the second half and the Saints playing really bad. Alex says, how do you think the game versus the Titans will be if Trent Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, and Christian Barmore don't play? Who do you think would make the biggest impact being gone? Well, first of all, the reports came out today that all three of them did practice and it looks like they're good to go for Sunday. So we may not even, we don't even have to kind of worry about the situation. However, um, in the hypothetical land, if one of them couldn't play, uh, the biggest impact to me would probably be Christian Barmore. The Patriots have survived without Trent Brown. Um, Ramondre Stevenson has been phenomenal, but you still got Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden there that can that can pick up the slack. And, and we all saw what Ramondre Stevenson did without Damian Harris. Christian Barmore has been so disruptive up the middle of the field, impactful on the run stopping, impactful to getting pressure on the quarterback and opening up holes for the linebackers. Like Christian Barmore and what he has contributed to the Patriots this season cannot be understated. So that would probably, to me, Christian Barmore would be the biggest impact on the team. I think he's like the, he's got the second most pressures amongst rookie in, uh, defensive linemen. I, I'd actually like to see where he is amongst the entire NFL, unfortunately, I did cancel my subscription to PFF. I just didn't find it worth it anymore. But, uh, yeah, no, he's a uh, Christian Barmore would be the biggest impact. Again, if Trent Brown can't play, you put Mike on Wino at right tackle, right? So you have that replacement. Damian Harris picks up a bigger role with Ramondre Stevenson out. I don't, you know, Devin Gotch is good. Of course, Lawrence Guy, Davis, but Christian Barmore is, is, is the best interior defensive lineman that they probably have on the team. Uh, Thomas says, we just saw the pay. I just saw a Patriots video about coaching assistants. Uh, those guys work like 18 hours a day, pretty much the same amount <laughs> you put up every day. Yeah. I, I work anywhere between 15 to 16 hours a day, uh, maybe close. Sometimes 18 today's an 18 hour day or today would have been, if I would have been at work today. Uh, here's a question with your knowledge about football, the Patriots offer, if the Patriots offered you a job as a coaching assistant, uh, they're not paying much. Would you, and could you do it? Um, would I do it? Probably. Could I do it? Probably not. Uh, I don't know enough about football to do that. It's <laughs> no, um, you have to be so ingrained into professional football to be a coach. I'm not crass enough to sit here and believe that I'd be good enough to be a coach, which is why I always say I defer to coaches. It's, it's, it's why I hate questioning coaching decisions. It's why I've been a little bit of a defender of Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, just because it's, I mean, I think I could manage the clock better than Dan Campbell. Um, but coaching professional athletes is, is different, right? Um, and, the speed of the game is different, even for a coach. You got to know how to coach. I think I, I haven't. I know enough about the offensive line that I could probably be like a film coach, like an offensive line film coach, and 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 watch the film and and kind of look at footwork techniques and that kind of thing. But when it comes to coaching and, and that kind of thing, probably not. I could be a coach's assistant where I'm like breaking down film, making notes, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I watch that same one on YouTube about the coaching assistant, right? Which is like. 
they're they're on the field but they're they're doing other things so i could probably do that but i i couldn't be like a positional coach in football now but i appreciate you having that kind of confidence in me thomas i really do um finally alex says how do you think the game versus the titans will change after seeing how aj brown is ruled out for the game that's huge right no julio jones no aj brown no hunter henry uh, i know that they signed golden tate but i mean one weekend how effective is he going to be how ingrained in the game plan he's you know, he's going to be on a bit of a snap count. That That's a huge blow to the Titans and an obvious, um, you know, I guess, win for the Patriots. Of course, again, you never want to hope for a, an injury of any of any time. And I'm always the kind of guy who says, you know, I want to see the best on best type of deal. Uh, but that's going to open things up for the Patriots drastically. Um, their two best receivers are out and their running back is gone. Uh, the Patriots defense is still, or the Patriots offense is still going to have to cope with the Titans defense, which is no joke. Uh, don't think that it's, it's a joke at all. Uh, they, they can get pressure to the quarterback. They can do a lot of things, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Uh, Patrick says you can pull and cut tape prop. Yeah, I could, that's what I could do. I could cut up tape and that kind of things. Uh, yeah, but I couldn't be a positional coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trent Brown put the O-line on top. Yeah, absolutely. He put the O-line over the top. Uh, go watch Barmore against Ohio State in last year's championship game. That's when he brunged uh, to the Pats. You can't teach that push in athleticism. Anybody who knows me, I am a fan of the Ohio State University, and I watched what Christian Barmore did to the Ohio State University. Uh, he's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Uh, when does James white return to the IR that will help in the past game a bit? I don't, I think he's out for the year. If I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't think he's coming back at all. Uh, so unfortunately he's gone. Brandon says, I don't think the Patriots can win this game. I do think the Patriots can win this game, but it's not going to be easy. And I think Bill Belichick wants revenge against Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all. It, it, you know what? And every time a Patriots game seems like it's going to be easy, it never is. And I think when you look at these injuries, like, oh, Vrabel's a good coach. And again, that Titans defense is no joke. So it, it's it, there's still a lot that can happen in this game. And the Patriots, uh, yeah, they're they're in a little bit tough. I'll do one more question, and I got a couple more things I want to talk about here. Uh, BFMI says uh, we should feature John who a bit on Sunday, uh, insult to injury. Yeah. He's probably going to be revved up for the game too. Uh, so I would definitely be, I would definitely be looking out for that and seeing, seeing how he could play. Um, all right. So I'm not going to get, again, I get talking and I'm not going to get to half of what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, what I will do though, is I will, I will cut to this. So this comes from Mike Reese. JC Jackson today said, I love playing for the New England Patriots, playing under Coach Belichick. I've grown as a football player since I've been here. Uh, it's a place that gave me a chance from day one, and I would love to be a New England Patriot for a long time. He's also going to want to get his bag too, though, right? So let's let's not fool ourselves. He ain't just going to want to stay with New England and, and take a hometown discount. He's he's also going to want to get his bag, get his money, get his thing. 
However, I am going to put out right now that Bill Belichick needs to do whatever the fuck he can do to make sure that J.C. Jackson is the New England Patriot next season. I mean, we did the first, what, 10 minutes of this show about Tredavious White and the impact that he's going to have being out for the Buffalo Bills. And J.C. Jackson would have that same impact on the Patriots. J.C. Jackson takes away a whole side of the field. J.C. Jackson can go lock down on man-to-man coverage. He's a hitter. He's a ball hawk. But he's not even just like he doesn't. J.C. Jackson has taken a big step this year because last year he was a ball hawk, but I found sometimes he would make mistakes trying to go up and get the football. This year he's this year he's staying in that tight coverage, defending passes, and intercepting the football. And that, that's a big difference to me. That, that, that's the biggest difference to see for J.C. Jackson in year three to year four. A true number one, uh, I saw Pat's cap put something out the other day that said that he he came up with some deal and put all the cap numbers together and it was like a five-year, $75 million deal for J.C. Jackson that would give him top five money in the NFL. It's doable for the Patriots. It's actually a deal I can see happen. I'm hoping the Patriots don't franchise tag him. I'm hoping that they get the long-term deal done. I know there's some people who are upset that Belichick didn't get the deal done in the offseason. I think at that point in time, he still thought he could get something done with Gilmore. Uh, but now that, that, that Gilmore is in Carolina, Belichick needs to make that move. And then my last thing I want to talk about, because basically I, I tweeted about it and said I would, is Bill Belichick said today that he wants the team's identity to be winning. And I just, I love that, right? Are you a run team? Are you a hard-nosed defense team? What's the team's identity? We talk about like that about a lot of fans. In the media, we talk a lot about what's this team's identity? What are the Patriots' identity? Belichick's like, fuck identity. He's like, fuck you and your identity, man. I just want to win. And I absolutely love that. It, 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 the Patriot fans, I don't know 90% of my, my audience are Patriot fans, man. You've got to be so happy to hear that from your coach because that's just, it, that's, it's fucking fantastic absolutely fucking fantastic um so i love it i i love it more than than anything at all fuck being a run team fuck this fuck that i just want to our identity has to be winning all right i didn't get to the browns but it looks like kareem hunt is gonna play uh Big game for the Browns this weekend. I talked about it earlier this week that this is a must win for Cleveland. I think if they lose to Baltimore, they might as well pack it up. Their season will virtually be finished. And Darren Waller escaped injury today by uh, escaped injury today or escaped long-term injury. The MRI said his knee was clear. They don't know how long he's going to be out for. That's big on the Raiders. I'll probably try to revisit that story if he doesn't play on Sunday to see how long he's going to be out for, but that's big for the Raiders who, you know, had that big win against Dallas yesterday. Uh, I appreciate all y'all who came on. I'm going to leave you with a video that I made yesterday over on Newsbreak. Make sure you go check that out. And uh, after that, I'll be calling it a day. Don't forget, you can find me on here on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I go live on all three of those platforms from Monday to Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can find my blogs over on you can find my blogs over on uh, deanblundell.com as well as my podcast deanblundell.com right now my my two stories are the lead stories right now on the website so you can go check them out there. You can find me on Newsbreak where I cover the NFL. I make 6 to 8 videos a day for them different than what you see on the YouTube channel here. It's completely different. You can also get exclusive content over on Patreon and I got big news coming to the Patreon people tonight as when I finish this and Go record the Patreon exclusive um, 
they're getting even more perks. And the next week I'll tell everybody else. Uh, it's only five bucks a month and ain't a lot. I appreciate y'all. So I made a video yesterday over on Newsbreak called the Patriots winning formula or sorry, that Patriots nation is thankful for Mac Jones. Obviously it's a Thanksgiving themed piece. Uh, the way my screen shares, it will, it will, uh, it will hack up and 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 glitch a little bit. But my voice will be fine. You can come check me out here, newsbreak.com. Just search up Ray Route. You'll find me here, top contributor. I think by the end of next week, I may surpass my YouTube numbers. I'm really kind of blowing up there. But you can see here, I put out a lot of videos covering the NFL. Always make sure I got at least two Patriot videos in there. Let me get this Mac Jones video up and going for you. And then uh, I will talk to you all on Monday. Mac Jones came out and said that he's thankful that he is a New England Patriot. And I think that Pat's Nation is thankful that he's a New England Patriot as well. Now, that's not knocking Cam Newton. As a lot of people know, I was somebody as an analyst who believed it was better to put Mac Jones on the bench this season and start Cam Newton. I also thought that Cam would have been good enough to get the Patriots into a position to compete for a playoff spot this year. However, Bill Belichick, who admittedly knows way more about football than I do, decided to release Cam, go with Mac. And obviously things have worked out. The Patriots are first in the AFC East. They're a game out of being the top team in the AFC and Mac Jones has played absolutely brilliant. And a special shout out to Mac or to Cam Newton, who has now played his first full game as a starting quarterback in Carolina. And he looked really good last week. I think he threw for one touchdown and ran in for two. Solid game by Cam. But outside of Mac Jones performing in 2001 and, and putting the Patriots in a position that they're going to be this good, is the Patriots are going to have Mac Jones for the next 10 to 12 years. And because of that, the Patriot, Patriot fans have to be so thankful because now Mac Jones isn't going to drastically improve. We kind of know who Mac Jones is. He's just going to improve the skill set he has. We're not going to see him add a skill set. However, we know that his decision making and his ball placement, which is probably the two most important key traits to a quarterback, has been absolutely outstanding this season. That's only going to get better as he gets older. The New England Patriots have hit on the 15th overall pick. Four other quarterbacks drafted before him. And I've been kind of saying it, that I think teams like the Atlanta Falcons are going to turn around one day, at least the fan base, and say, man, we could have had Mac Jones. I used to put the Philadelphia Eagles into that category, but I like Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones' former Alabama teammate. I like Jalen Hurts, and I think that Philadelphia likes Jalen Hurts, at least for now. And I, and I think they should be confident in Jalen Hurts. But as for the New England Patriots, they've looked spectacular, and a lot of it has to do with their rookie quarterback. So Mac Jones may be thankful that he's a Patriot, but Patriot fans all over the world are thankful that Mac Jones is the Patriots quarterback. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the 
Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. When you join the Ray Rout Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by subjects that you give me every week. That's right. When you join and become a member of the Patreon page, you'll get five exclusive videos, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the live version of the podcast. But that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all of the Patreon members. You have the opportunity to hang out on the screen with me and other Patreon members, chat about football, life, basically just friends chopping it up. We have visitors like Lawrence from Colts Lock, Connor, Hashtag, that come over and hang out on the Patreon. I also don't believe in making huge money off of people or having different tiers or excluding people. I have one tier. It's $5. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing, and everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our Discord page that's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for my Patreon page by clicking the link I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.